It's happening. Ladies and gentlemen. To publish, perish, or podcast your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science believes in aliens having visited the Earth. I'm Andy Stapleton, and joining me today are Cameron Schmoopichira. Hello, Andy. And Christopher T. Bag Gibson. Namaste, BA. Namaste. New nickname Sharky. Sharky. Oh. oh my god, what's this new nickname about? So Cameron is a fellow from the future. Yeah. And who is a fellow from the future that is in the Marvel universe? Sharky man. Greg the Shark Norman. No, Tony Stark. Okay. Right. Stark. Starky. Uh-huh. I was gonna call you Starky, but I'm like, it's gotta have it's gotta be something of Cameron's name uh-huh. in it. The sh sound. Sharky. Sharky. Ah. That is, I wouldn't have got there on my own. I'll yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. No, I know it doesn't work, but I'm sticking with it. All, all right. right. It's oh, all right. You, I love it. You have the ability to stick with the nickname. I do stick with them. You, yeah, you really do. T Bone, Falcon, T Bag. So, T Bag. Ouch. What do you think? Would science believe that aliens have visited the Earth? No. Not that they exist. That's the distinction I want to make. No. no. You don't think so? Nope. Schmoopy. Science? Yeah. I don't think science would. I, As far as I'm aware, there is no evidence. <gasps> and without evidence, science doesn't believe. All right. Correct. Now, do you believe aliens have visited the Earth? <sighs> Gibbo. No. God, you're so boring. Schmoopy. I really would like... <laughs> <laughs> to be on this earth yeah. when that happens. Yeah. That would be how interesting would that be? It would change everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I don't think it's happened yet. You don't think so? No. Even even with the Pentagon's latest release? Oh, oh when from 5 minutes <laughs> was it from 5 minutes ago? Um oh look, there's all these weird conspiracy theories. So because of the presidential like division that was caused I was like, what do the right think? So I went on this weird rabbit hole thing. And part of it, though, is that they say that uh, the Pentagon have just sort of released or leaked that they have in their possession a craft that is not of this world. Ooh. How does that make you feel? Isn't that just a Roswell story? Well, they didn't they didn't link it. We can't link it without evidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, one of the many advantages of Trump losing the election is yep. that the president apparently gets told all these secrets, right? We'll find out. And do you oh. think he's going to be able to keep his mouth shut once he's not president? No. Negative. No way. So if it, I reckon once he's out and he's got his own channel or whatever, he is going to start <laughs> spewing all these secrets out into the void. Yeah, we should buy his memoirs. Yep. So I don't think he's writing a book. Oh. And as we all know, Trump always tells the truth. <laughs> 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 Mocking laughter. I love it. It's, it's so true. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's see what happens. It's time for news for the week. Hello. 
Hi. I, I forgot which one I was going to do then. It's this one, isn't it? It's this one. Yeah, um, news now. Yep. I'll go a little... I'll go first. I'll go first if you don't mind. Go. If you don't mind. A little cheeky first if you don't mind. Um, first of all, last time I spoke, the YouTube channel had just got a little boost and it had 1,800 subscribers. Whoa. Pretty good. This month, I'm up to 5,680. Whoa. What? Yeah. So I'm actually at the point now where companies are reaching out. No one's offered me anything good, I'll be honest with you. But companies are reaching out and being like, hey, would you like to... Um, it's always affiliates. They, they haven't offered... Like, I'm not good enough yet for them to sponsor a video. But they're reaching out and being like, hey, would you like to mention our products and you'll get a share in the revenue? And I'm mm. like, no, I'm not interested in that. No, thanks. But yeah, that's really cool. I'm pleased. So I'm just producing one video a week and everything's going well. Good Excellent. on you, man. Well done. Well done. So hold on. Let me, let me just recap again. Go on. You went from 1,800 to 5,000? Yeah, 680. In, in one month? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That can't be a coincidence. I come back on the podcast <laughs> and I start watching your clips and you it's jump. You. Yeah. yeah. You, have you subscribed? No, but I've been, I've been, oh, actually, yeah, you're talking about subscribers. All right, I can have 5,681. Okay, for those people out there who don't know how to subscribe I'll to send YouTube. you the link. <laughs> I never send you the link. All right, thank you. Um, and the last little bit of news is, gentlemen, Ooh. gentlemen. Oh, he's got a smile on his face. What's he done? I will accept your embrace You're... because I am becoming an Australian. My citizenship test is scheduled Ooh. for November 21st, which is like two weeks away. Wow. So as long as I don't fail the test, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a good chance I'll be one of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, there we maybe. Are. Yeah. I'll get my Vegemite sandwich <laughs> and I'll get my cricket ball. Oh, yeah. And I'll run around. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll throw one and eat the other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's all I it takes. Forget, I forget which way around it is. <laughs> um, but I, I swore, and this is how, I, how much I love this country. Mm. I swore that I would never, ever sit another exam. Oh, Did you? Yeah. Okay. That was my thing. After finishing my last exam <laughs> in chemistry in Swansea, it was an organic chemistry <laughs> exam. I was like, this sucks. Mm. I'm never, ever doing another exam. So all the stuff I've done has been like, you know, like coursework or pitching or whatever, like, but yeah. never, ever an exam. This is, I'm breaking it because that, that's it. I love you guys. I love the country. I'm willing to break that rule. Is what it an online on? exam? How do they do it? I, I have to go into somewhere. I've, I've got the paperwork. I didn't read, read it properly. But I've got to go in somewhere. I've got to have an interview mm-hmm. where they be like, all right, why do you want to become Australian? And I go, I love Vegemite and cricket. And I go, get in the back, you strongo. Stronger. <laughs> Is that a good one? No. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, oh, you bloody champ <laughs> uh, and then i sit a 20 minute exam oh, i did wow. the pra- do you know what? i did the practice exam oh, today yeah i failed because i got don bradman question well no there's no luckily there was no sport ones i would definitely have failed those <laughs> but they, there's four australian values tests and i went two leftist 
The one I failed, <laughs> one I failed was, it says, um, should you learn English to be part of Australian culture or whatever? And mm. I put, no, it is not a requirement for people to learn English. And I was like, that seems reasonable. But the question isn't like, are you, do you have to? It's should you? Yeah. The answer is yes, you should, because then you can integrate with the society okay. because you yeah. speak English. But you I went talk too, to your neighbor. Exactly. I went too far left and be like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, anyway, so that's what I failed. So now I know. So you got to answer it like an Australian. Australian, matey, drongo. Well, BA, we will welcome you with open arms Brilliant. when you pass. Do you have to renounce your um, pominess? No. No? No. Only if he runs for parliament. Yeah. Is that on the cards? Not not with the stuff I've done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Shmoopy, what the hell have you been up to? Well, last time we did the podcast, yeah. I was about to start a new job. You were. And that's been over a month ago. So nice. I've, I've been working at the University of Adelaide for a month now. And I've got to say, I did think I predicted this, mm-hmm. that it's been a pretty slow start. Oh, that's mm. right. You've earned this. Mm. You've, it's a, a five-year it five contract? Four-year contract. Four-year contract. Time to put your oh. feet up, take your foot off the gas. Yeah, just cruise into <laughs> the middle bit. to cruise on in. Yeah. So, Do you feel guilty, though? Is that why you're bringing this up? Well, it's, I mean, you've asked me for news. That's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> do you, but, but you made a point of saying how cruisy it's been. Is this like a confession? Is this like confessional? I never said cruisy. I said okay. it's been a slow start. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not completely to blame for the slow start. For instance... Some paperwork didn't come in. It took over a week to get a key for my office. <laughs> Where did you sit in the corridor? <laughs> <laughs> On the st- in the stairs. Well, no, actually, uh, where I sat was I sat in the um, shared office of my PhD student because that has swipe card access, and ah. that went through that day. Yeah, okay. So That's I why the people are walking in going, who are you? Yeah. Are you a new student? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a future fellowship holder. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, and so at the same time... Um, Starting a new project, I've got lots of money to buy things with. Seventy-five grand of nice. stuff to buy this year. Yeah, um, choosing the right column to mm. buy mm. when it's your money, when it's my money, yeah, yeah. takes time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, doing the right thing, getting three quotes. Sometimes they don't ask you properly. Sometimes they take ages. Yeah, yep. and then yep. it's like, well, do I even know buy this now? Um, so that this requisition is taking a very long time. Mm. Other times where I've had a project coming up, I've kind of tried to do the requisition in advance mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that I mm-hmm. buy everything and then it's kind of there waiting for me when I arrive. Yeah. Uh, but this time I didn't do it because I had the industry-funded job before. I felt particularly bad if I wasn't actually working on the job I was paid to do at the time. Yeah. Um, so all of those things together, along with the fact that I've been teaching Oh, um, have made it a very slow research-wise first month. Yeah. So I've been teaching Foundations of Chemistry 1B, Kinetics. 1B? Yeah. Didn't trust Second you with semester. 1A? Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's been, doing, that's been going okay, all online. Yeah. Um, the real trouble with this one, so it's the earliest possible chemistry course yep. at the university. 
And my part is very mathematics based. Mm, you're the boring teacher. There's no math, no, and there's no mathematic precursor. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through explaining maths to people yeah. all online, uh. and there is no method for me to see a nodding face. Yeah. Was oh, so you using Collaborate? What's the software you're using? Uh, Echo 360. Never heard of it. Oh yeah, my well, god! And I never heard of Collaborate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, so it's just, I put out a video. They yeah. they can chat back to me, but like I can't see. Like I would like a row of faces, yeah. either nodding or pulling their hair out, so yeah. I would know if I have to explain it again or not. Yeah. For example, that sounds exactly like Collaborate. That's the same thing. Really, you've got no, you've got no interaction. You're just talking into a monitor. Yes. So yeah. I found it quite hard. Yeah. Um, another thing is that I uh, I knew that I was going to finish my lectures with about thirty minutes left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I did was I invented some possible exam questions. Oh yeah. And so I went through like these possible exam questions. Yeah. And I didn't do it until a bit late. So my possible exam questions when I went to do the answers, weren't that good. And they're actually a bit ambiguous and weird. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I, and then I also didn't leave myself much time to like, I filled in an answer sheet and went through all the working out and I yeah. put that online. And yeah. then a few weeks later, I had two people contact me on the same day, one th- through different ways that they could contact me. And they both said, how do you get this answer of 280 seconds for this question. Mm. I try to do the same thing and I get a different number. Mm. To which I was thinking, all right, here I'm going to have to explain to people that they just need to read the question carefully again. (laughs) (laughs) And I've looked at the question and first of all, this was a question that I had written and I had zero memory of ever having seen that question before. (laughs) Good start, (laughs) good start. Then I had to look through my answers Four part four parts of the question. Yeah. The answer from above has to go into the answer from below, etc., etc., etc. I made a mistake in every single step of that oh. of my answer. Ouch. So the first one was wrong. The next one was wrong. Even if I used my answer from the wrong <laughs> one before, it, it was, was still, still wrong. wrong. No. These are all separate mistakes. Separate mistakes. Ouch. Just compounding, compounding, compounding. Yeah. Yep. Um. And so, I think I'm good at lecturing, but I, <laughs> I'm a little bit worried about my student evaluation. Yeah. But yeah. I, I uh, you know, I accepted that I made a mistake. I yeah. said I have no idea how I made the mistake, but I've made lots of mistakes here. Yeah. Um, I then pointed out that I should have known it was a mistake because the answer doesn't make sense because. Yeah. Because I do try and let people know, like, when I make a mistake and then I realize it, I say, oh, I realized that was a mistake because, because the, yeah. the answer has to be bigger than this number and all yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Look, I'm, man, I, ex- yeah. Accepting it, that's you did the right thing, right? I feel like if lecturers just go, oh, I made a mistake and then it just all comes out in the wash. So mm. I think it's fine. I, th- I feel like it's early on in the semester no, semester's over. Shit. How you're, did, okay. a, a, you're a bit over. Um, <laughs> you're not really following the, the university. Not anymore. at all. No, I'm out of that world. <laughs> yep. I'm sure it's lovely. Uh, okay. but So you haven't had your student evaluations yet? No. Okay. They'll get them Send soon. them emails saying how great they were, how great it was to have them. <laughs> now you'll be fine. Yeah. I never saw your face before. I have no idea if you ever watched one of my lectures. <laughs> but... 
but I think you're great. We can help each other here. That's right. Yeah. 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 Don't fail anyone. <laughs> be you, careful. It's very seriously that you're looking <laughs> no, at. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I think honesty is important. Yeah. You just got to own up. I made a mistake. Sorry, I made several mistakes <laughs> in the same question. And I did that multiple times in other questions. No, 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 no. Just that question. That's the only mistake you made the entire lecture series? Uh, no, I made some other ones. Well, that's fine then. Yeah. yeah. But that was the only one in those exam questions. Hmm. Then I think you just got to own up to it and that's fine. Well, and, and as well, like I think it's human nature to focus on the stuff that went badly. That's much more magnified in your mind than it yes. is your students. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're just worried about like getting drunk, who they're going to pash, Australian term, thank you, it, when they're going out, like all of that stuff, mm. you know, so I wouldn't worry about it. I, okay. Yeah. That's right. my little pep talk for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. That's me. Brill. Gibbo. All right. So, what the hell have you been doing? I, I'm not going to give any work news. What? This is going to be only family news. Oh, all right. All right. Come so, on then, Gibbo. What's the family news? Get ready. Keelan what? started playing cricket recently. Oh, yeah, oh, yep. my favourite sport as an Australian. Yep, yep. <laughs> in a in a, a kanga cricket kanga competition, cricket. so um, he's playing for his school, and Ooh. he's played two games. How do yeah. you do? So first week pretty good, um, not too bad. Got some hits, uh, bowled all right. But you have to understand these are only seven seven year olds. Yeah, I know you're so you sound so critical already. So bowled all right, like, the, is the, it like... The, I'm building you up for, for what happened. All oh, right, recently. Okay. so oh. so the ball doesn't always get to the the batsman. <laughs> <laughs> and when that happens, what happens? You get a free hit. So they have yeah. these little cones. So if the ball doesn't quite get to the batsman, you put the ball on the cone and you get a free hit and hit. The I ball. like the sound of this game. So. Um, as a result of these rules, Keelan hit three boundaries, Whoa. three fours. He smacked them. I was That's just like free hit specialist, free hit specialist. So it was it was amazing. <laughs> and the, and the, the other uh, dads and our parents in general wasn't just blokes. There were mums there as well. Good, good on they you. They were going, um, Chris. What have you been doing? You've been you've been training with him. What's going on? <laughs> you know, he, he's on fire. You say it's all he's natural. He's on fire, and it's I was natural. like, you know. He's natural, but I also put a lot of work in. <laughs> no work at all. Did you mention Adam Gilchrist? Ah, uh, not yet. <laughs> who's, who's Adam Gilchrist? The greatest wicketkeeper batsman Australia has ever seen. The I world's ever seen. The world's ever seen. All right. Fact. Thank yeah. you, Shmoopy. Is I played, that likely uh, to appear in a citizenship test? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll remember yeah. it. He's that good. I played against him when we were teenagers in Lismore. And I played indoor cricket against him. And oh. I, I got him out three times in one over. <laughs> and he came up to me afterwards and he was like, Gibbo, what were you doing with the ball, mate? What were you doing? It was, was amazing. Like, yeah. I don't know, Gilly. Yeah. Just swinging it away from you, buddy. He still thinks about that now. <laughs> he does. Anyway, so um, the other thing he did quite well, like he bowled all right. He was pretty good on target, but yep. he fielded very well. His okay. ground fielding yep. was very good. Now, he did something that you're always supposed to do. Sharky mm. as a ground fielder. What's the key? What are, what are one of the keys to good ground fielding? Body behind the ball? That's it. That's it. He got his body behind the ball. So good even boy. if it, it was an odd bounce or something, it would hit him on the chest or hit him, you know, and you could hear the other dads and mums going, that's the way, Keelan, get that body behind the ball. Mm -hmm. And that is, I did actually tell him to do that. Right? Good. And he never does anything I say. <laughs> but that's one thing he that's did. That's one thing. So, um, now, one thing, you know, I, I was on hiatus for a while. 
uh, from from P-Pop, but now I'm back. And I have to say that Shauna plays basketball. I must have mentioned that previously. Uh, yes. Yeah. She has improved amazingly in the last year to the point now where she scored 12 points Whoa. in one of her recent games, which is over half the entire team's for, points. For someone who doesn't understand basketball, how many baskets is that? I think she got five baskets and two two penalties. Wow, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, so over half the team, without her score, without her scores, her her baskets, they would have lost. Well, but with her baskets, they won. Yeah, congratulations! You are raising quite the sportsman's team. So she plays twice a week, right? And she uh, she trains twice a week, plays once a week, but she has extra training with a bloke called Jared Hoppo. All right. You've heard it and haven't heard of him? He's, no. He is an Adelaide boy and he plays in the US for a college team called the University of Southern Utah. All right. So he plays college right. ball. College You've got to be pretty good. All right. College he's, basketball. He's stuck over here because of COVID, uh, but he's doing training. as He's sort of coaching and doing things right. like that for a bit extra money. Now, he is 203 centimeters oh. tall. Six foot nine. So playing with 10-year-olds must be uh, easy for him. So people are telling me, before I meet the guy, everyone's like, he's six foot nine, Mm. 203. He's really tall. And I met him and I'm telling you, six foot nine is not that tall. Oh! No, it's not that tall. It's actually not that tall. Maybe you've grown a little bit. I don't know. I was I was a bit. I was. What did, I, what did I write here? It's a much less impressive height than I thought it would be. Oh man! What I was if he a bit like, this podcast. I'm surprised. Six foot nine is not that tall. It really I'm, isn't that I think tall. I'm five foot nine or eleven, something like that. That's a whole foot over me. Eh, it just didn't impress me. I wasn't impressed. Everyone else is like, oh, two meters, three centimeters, six foot nine. I was like, meh. Just didn't uh, impress me. Didn't oh, well. impress me. Did you tell him about Adam Gugaris? No, I didn't. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But he he needed some sunscreen on the weekend, so I gave him some uh, old UV moisturizer. From I the reckon car. you love oh. rubbing that in. Put a bit. How's it going? Um, and I have a Gibbo funny story. Have we got time for it? Oh, Gibbo, you're so funny. It's Gibbo's funny. Oh, what is it? Gibbo's funny stories. Oh yeah. Very good, very good, very good. I like Nail it. So, we're going to talk about lecturing now. It's really fortuitous that Cameron described what it's like to lecture these days because of COVID yeah. through the interweb. Through yeah. the magic so I use of TV. Some well, it's always, well, it's been through the interweb for years, but now it's only, only yeah. online yeah. only. So, basically, you're looking at a screen, you're talking into it, you're flicking through slides, but you are you can interact with the students through messaging. And on Collaborate, it kind of makes a little beep noise, right? Yeah. And when people log on, it makes a beep noise as well, Mm, right? So in my second lecture, I had 44 people log in. Whoa, Whoa. nice. The course has only got 41 people in it. (laughs) So I talked to David, David Lewis. Word got around. Who's the coordinator. He said, well, there are some overseas people involved, right? Mm. So... They're overseas, they, you know, so it might have been them. They might yeah. really uh, uh, show up on the official numbers. Hackers. Maybe, maybe. Someone but, desperate but to learn about AFM collaboration. Word got out. Was it Twitter, this uh, lecturer has forgotten his shirt 
<laughs> Jump on. <laughs> Get on. Get on there. Love no, that. I did remember to wear my clothes every day <laughs> this time. And anyway, so the first day I had one person log in, right? Second day, 43, 44. And <laughs> what, I'm like, what? word's that's, that's gotten me. out. Andy's jump of 1,000 to 5,000 is nothing compared, yeah. to, compared to your to 1 that. to 40. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's 40 times <laughs> the amount of people. Is that 4,000% increase? What yeah. happened in the first lecture? Did people just get confused? That's clearly what it was. Well, let me, uh, let me get to the funny part All of right. the story. Uh, so I, 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 actually, I, actually, you know, I actually went around boasting to people. Saying, oh, yeah, you know, 40-odd people. That sound like you. Yeah, 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 I did. Did. Shock horror. Anyway, we had a tute recently, a workshop for all the students, and they came along and they could ask us questions. And I said to them, I said, I had 44 of you turn up to one of my um, lectures, my second lecture, and then the problem was the week after, it dropped back to one or two. Mm. (laughs) And I'm like, what happened? (laughs) And one of the guys starts laughing and he goes, well, I think the problem was you got the uh, the blips mixed up. It, you were getting the number of comments from people in the lecture mixed up with the number of people logging in. Oh, <laughs> so I had forty odd comments from people. Oh. not forty odd people logging in. Oh, is that what you said? And he said, "I said, well, how many people were actually in that one?" Then he said, "About three. <laughs> but at least they were commenting. Yeah, they were engaged. But you weren't reading comments. Uh, no, not at all, because I didn't know where they had to, had to, had to <laughs> click on them and read. I'm just, I just see blip, 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 blip. And I'm like, and in the lecture, I'm going, that's 35. That's 35 people. I'm counting it up. 44, 41. Thank you, people. Let's keep this going. So Let's keep this going. Number. You've got a little mental tally, yeah. and you're going, yeah. one, two, I'm watching three, it. four. And the entire workshop bursts into laughter. Oh, with you. At and Because <laughs> I didn't have a choice but to laugh as well. So anyway, there's a moral to that story. Yeah. Check whether people are logging on <laughs> or they're sending you messages. Don't count your blitz before they hatch. There you go. Words to live by. And that's the end of Gibbo's funny story. Oh, yeah. It's not time for science this. It's time for Spot the Fake. Cameron. Spot the Fake. How do you remember these? <laughs> Um, I'm going to read out three journal articles yep. and you two, uh, one of them is a fake. You two tell All me right. which one's the fake. The first paper is called Micro Cold Traps on Ceres. That's Ceres, the asteroid, C-E-R-E-S, which uh, that's published in Nature Astronomy in 2018. All right. Uh The second paper is titled Ice Mining in Lunar Permanently Shadowed Regions. Published where? Published in New Space in 2019. New Space. New Space. Suspicious. Give me a break. Uh, Number three is Molecular Water Detected on the sunlit moon by Sophia. Now that's S O F I A, but I don't think that's the person's name. 
<laughs> Molecular water. Give me a break. And that's published in Nature Astronomy 2020. Oh, bummer. That's ruined one of my ideas. I'll go into it. What were, can I just confirm? Molecular yep. water detected. So the last one. Yep. It, and what was the finish of that? On the sunlit moon by Sophia. All right. All right. All right. All right. One of those is a fake. Two of those are real. Can I tell you, I was going to say, Nature Astronomy is not a real journal. <laughs> <laughs> Bugger. So it is. I didn't look up the impact factor, but it is. This it's part of the Nature Publishing Group. Yep. All right. What was the second one again? Second one, ice mining in lunar permanently shadowed regions. I I can give you a, like a short description of each of the papers if you want. Let's do that. So that one, number two, ice mining in lunar permanently shadowed regions is kind of like a theoretical outlook on a possible way that water that's present in the permanently shadowed regions of the moon could be mined. Okay. So basically they're going to send light in there and then it'll turn the water into a gas and that goes up and kind of gets trapped in uh, like a balloons. Okay. Good. That sounds, yeah, sounds reasonable. Yep. Number one. Number one was micro cold traps on Ceres. So that one is information from the Dawn spacecraft where they found that some very small like meteorite holes or meteor holes, which one would they be called? No idea. Um, on Ceres, even though it's an asteroid and it kind of revolves around, some of them are permanently shadowed. And so like sun never hits them. And so there's water in them. Okay. Meteorites, I think, are meteors that have impacted a celestial body. <clears throat> All right. And then number three was molecular water detected on the sunlit moon by Sophia. And so Sophia is this, is like a telescope that's on a jumbo jet that kind of flies like near the atmosphere. Uh, so it doesn't have to deal with that atmospheric interference. Well, it has less. Yeah. And it could detect water on areas of the moon that were... Uh, that does get hit by the sun. Okay. All right. Gibbo? What's the name of the journal in the second one? You said it. New Space. New Space. Coming at you from the old space. No, I'm going to go for the first one. You think that's the fake? Yeah, I think that's the fake, the first one. That's Micro Cold Traps on Series. I see New Space. He, he could throw New Space in there thinking... Oh, they're obviously gonna, you know, they're gonna choose that because it's such a rubbish journal name. <laughs> anyway, I'm going for the first one. All right, all right. So, I, I, I feel like recently there was a thing about water on the moon, and I, by recently I mean like the last couple of weeks, and I feel like it's so. I, I believe three that. There is truth to it, but it's not molecular water detected on sunlit moon sphere because I think the way they did it is they like no they did they used they used like they didn't send anything up there they just looked at 
it through mm. a big telescope and it could be on a jumbo jet. So it's like there's plausibility there, but I'm suspicious of that one. Okay. Um, oh, flagging number flagging three. Flagging number three. <laughs> Micro cold traps on series. So number one, like that's boring enough to, to be real. That's all I've got going on with that one is like, but yeah, that's his, sure. that That's his game. So yeah. he's very good at coming up with boring <laughs> titles and things. I think that's well within his wheelhouse. And then ice mining on in lunar... Permanently shadowed regions. Shadowed regions. Like, the thing here that gets me is, what is this a study on? Is it ice mining? Mm. But then it's just an opinion piece. Yeah, it basically but, is, yep. But, so why is it in new space? It's an opinion piece. Like, what? So that's, that's so I'm kind of okay yeah. with one. I'm suspicious that it's like, okay, is it about ice mining? Is it like about the how they'd get it out is it like data is so, it how- uh, i would say it's kind of like a techno-economic assessment techno-economic of how they think assessment. like uh how they think it might be possible oh right. it's unraveling i think i think that explanation's pretty rubbish I'm, so my, look, i might have to change mine i think my, it's unraveling now my gut and i'm gonna go with my gut because it's never wrong <laughs> i'm gonna go your, even gut, though, your gut is even very though wrong. number two is like is a little sits not right with me. I really think that molecular water detected on sunlit moon is too poetic <laughs> to be oh, yeah. a an actual title. Even though I believe that there has been something detected recently that used a similar thing, I feel like that is the fake paper. Number I'm, three. I'm sticking with one. Okay, one of you's right. It's Gibbo. No! <laughs> I was not suspicious at all. Was, oh. The title was too good. It was too boring. It was boring enough. It was yeah. too right. boring. So the fake right. was, number one, micro cold traps all on right. series. Yep. And what I did was I changed another paper, which was micro cold traps on the moon, which was a 2008 paper in science. All right. Because I'm currently interested in water on the moon. Um, Ooh, very so good. Very I'm actually good, reading these That's for my cool. own thing. Uh, Sophia, Stratospheric obs- Observatory for Infrared Astronomy. So that came out this last past week. Uh, within the last month. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep, so they uh, two papers, in fact, were published mm. in um, Nature Astronomy. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, uh, they believe they see have seen molecular water in places on the moon which are lit by sunlight yeah but the water itself is trapped under the surface mm. in like silica crystals and so even though the water's on the moon uh gets hit by the sunlight so it would heat up to the point where it should escape it Doesn't. can't go anywhere yeah mm. so Very it could good. be feasible to collect water where like from exactly wherever you land mm. having to land on the moon oh wow brill that's a big deal like because that. permanently shadowed regions four degrees kelvin um, too difficult to do anything with because you can't use steel because it would just break straight away. Yeah, very good. Well done. Yeah, well done. Well done. Well done to me. How poetic <laughs> though on a sunlit moon, <laughs> Sophia. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, well done. It's po- oh, it's nature astronomy. Yeah. I have another set of pick the fakes if you want. I do. I love it. You want to go yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go again. All right. So I know I knew Andy wasn't going to like those sciencey ones before, so yeah. I've gone for Andy papers. Yes. All right. I'm scared to ask what are Andy papers. I'm about uh, to find out. You're about to find out. A. A B C now. Okay. A. Experimental replication shows knives manufactured from 
frozen human feces do not work. <laughs> oh. Oh, frozen poo. In the Journal of Archaeological Science, B is Psilocybe cubunesis use coincides with decline of Mayan civilization. That's scientific reports. That's oh, psilocybin. Are you talking? Hang on, what's that? That's like the hallucinogen. That's a yeah. It's a hallucinogenic mushroom. Yeah. Decline of yeah. And C is excitation of Faraday-like body waves in vibrated living earthworms. And Say that one again. <laughs> Excitation of Faraday-like body waves in vibrated living earthworms. I said that one's not actually... That's on BioArchive. It's not actually on a proper journal yet. But I'm sure it will be. Good twist there. That's a good little twist to make it sound real. Yeah. All right. Gibbo? Well, look, it's tricky because it's... They all sound pretty plausible to me. You've done a good job of choosing titles, I think. So really it's about trying to work out the psychology of Sharky (laughs) in terms of what would Andy think is real. Now, the poo one is just too good for me. I mean, that's too perfect. (laughs) Too perfect. Poo knives don't work. It's got everything. (laughs) Everything that BA would love. I just... I think for me it's it's poo knife. I don't think that's real. I'd love to think it is, mm. but I'm just not sure that the Journal of Archaeological Science would <laughs> would go for poo knife. Go I'm for not poo sure knife. poo knife fits into that that um, the scope of that journal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so online, I have seen people make knives from nearly everything. Yeah. There yeah. was a guy like who made it from ice. Yep. There was yep. a guy who made one from like um, cling wrap or something at well, I one think point. A, it was an just ice knife is like a murder mystery type yeah. dream. Like ice isn't bullets. It? Yeah. Ice yeah. bullets, meat bullets, meat knives, I've seen. Meat knives. <laughs> meat knives. Poo knives. Poo knives. knives. All right. So look, I feel like if there is something out there, like, what? Yeah, sure. Like poo, you can compact it. It gets like dry, you know? Maybe you can. But then. Yeah, you can make a knife, but clearly it wouldn't work. Why not? Because it would just crumble. It's just poo. But ice. What if it's frozen? I'm not sure there's enough water content in poo for it to remain stable. I Mm. think there's too much other matter in there. As the paper said, it doesn't work. Mm. But that's why it's it's Um, it's the the fake ones. (laughs) B... Uh, so we're talking about mushroom use with the decline of a civilization. Yeah, man. If if my if this civilization was to decline, I would be tripping balls. But isn't that paper <laughs> suggesting that's what caused the civilization to 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 decline? It wasn't the civilization wasn't declining. Then everyone went, let's let's trip balls. Yeah, it was the actual cause of it. I right. don't I don't remember. I don't think it. I think it just pointed out that. There the was a correlation. Was, going, on, was kind of going up as the it's unraveling here. It's time unraveling again, and then uh, excitation of earth, something like waves in earthwormy people. Yeah, 
So uh, I think that sounds dodgy as well. So like, I think they put earthworms on like loudspeakers and then vibrate. And then watched them. them vibrate. Oh, he looks like he's I lying. He look, every one of them sounds like a lie. <laughs> now. All right. I feel like poo knives, I, I want that to be true. So uh, that one's staying. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see again. Yeah. Okay. I'm A as well again. Yeah. I'm A. Right. So we're going to get, here we go. All right. So neither of you think the magic mushrooms coincides with the decline of the mind civilization is the fake? No. But that is the fake. No! <laughs> so, <God> damn it. <laughs> I win. <laughs> you win. Congratulations <laughs> on your win. I was thinking that was that was a good one because you, you would have loved that idea. Yeah. Well, but it just makes perfect sense to me. It's like, oh, shit, look. It's just all and what was the shit. first I'm- word? Where did you find that word? I looked up a scientific name for mushroom, magic mushrooms. Oh, nice. Good. Uh, good. But let's it gave it an air of authenticity. The real winner here is poo knives. <laughs> oh my God, that means it was real. <laughs> Do not work. Yeah, Journal of Archaeological Science. Check it out. I've published in that journal. I feel so proud. <laughs> <laughs> you have, haven't you? I feel kind of proud now. It's time for <gasps> Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Yeah. Yeah. The topic for the day mm. is co-supervision. Mm. Co-supervision. Co-supervision. Gibbo, give us a little rundown on what differentiates supervision from co-supervision, please, in the Australian context. Well, you have the primary supervisor. Yep. And then you have the co or associate supervisor. So it's kind of like Batman and Robin sitch? A little bit. A little bit. I think uh, the primary supervisor is the one that's most likely come up with the main idea for the project. Yeah. Is the person that the student should probably be seeing the most Mm -hmm. and is probably funding the research. So they're the real sort of main driving force, certainly in the early part of the project. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the associate supervisor, and this doesn't always, this isn't always true, but the associate supervisor would take a bit of a back seat usually, but depends on the situation. So the associate supervisor can be just as involved as the primary supervisor yeah. in some situations, or can be someone who basically is there for the student to talk to and get their expertise. They might have a bit of niche expertise on in the project. Mm-hmm. And that might be the kind of person that they would go to when they need you know, help on that particular part of the project. But that's not always the case. The associate supervisor can sometimes be the driving force behind the project. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like a fail-safe in case the primary supervisor relationship breaks down. They've got kind of backup. Like it's kind of, uh, you know, it's support. Yes. And I, I, you do get situations where the primary supervisor will leave. Okay. The institution yep. and the associate supervisor is often called upon then to become the primary. All right. Anything there is a, yeah, There's also a level of accountability that gets included when there's an associate supervisor or someone else who's aware of the supervisor-student relationship. Yeah. So if I'm a co-supervisor for someone and I am aware that the supervisor and student never meet, for example, yeah. then it would, you know, it would be up to me as the co-supervisor to perhaps say, you it's a bit meet. odd that you're not meeting you shouldn't very often yeah, or okay. hopefully enough the fact that they know that I know will be enough for them to yeah. have regular meetings. And yeah. It would no. depend a bit on that co-supervisor. If they're willing to sit back and really not do a great deal, yeah. 
then that's where problems can occur as well. Mm. So there's no say, accountability. Yeah, almost, I would say the majority of co-supervisor relationships I'm aware of are in name only. Because it would it's a it is a requirement to have at least one co-supervisor at each of the Australian universities I've worked at. I think so. I think you have to have one. Okay. But I think a lot of the times, probably more than half the time, that co-supervisor doesn't attend meetings and might see the student once a year. Okay. Okay. So quite hands off. Yep. So we know that universities are trying their best and they're running a little bit of uh, training for supervision in general, right? HDR. H- what does that mean? Higher degrees research. Okay, so that's the that's the department that's running these things. Yep. All right. So what we've got is a list of kind of the topics that they cover, and I want to probe, <sighs> yeah, both of you for what you think about each, and as a let's, let's say as a co-supervisor, what you would be yeah encouraging the the, the supervisor student relationship to kind of adhere to. Mm. All right. So let's start with uh let's so we start with with meetings. Let's go that way. So frequency of meetings, right? Like what is from a supervisor point of view, how what's the minimum amount of contact you should have? What's like the bare minimum? Schmoopo. Bare minimum is fortnightly. All right. So Oh, I met that like that was my max. <laughs> I didn't. All right, Gibbo, do you agree or disagree? Um, for me, it would depend what stage of the PhD the student's in. All right, and oh. it depends a lot on the student. So yeah. if you were in, if they're in their third year and they're a particularly independent student and they're you know they're doing really really well, yeah, then maybe maybe once a month. But that's, that's the bare minimum. That's the bare minimum. But that's yeah. not going to be in the first and the second year. All right. Let's let's say the first year then. What would a first oh, year? First year is once a week. Once a week. Yeah. I, right. I would probably insist bare on minimum. that. Bare, uh, uh, bare minimum once a week, certainly for the first six to 12 months. All right. All right. Yeah, I guess. So it depends. To pretend, there's a lot of different variables to take into account. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, the when I was a postdoc, I hated more than every two weeks because I just felt like I couldn't get anything done. Mm. Like I was kind of making up, not making up results, that's completely wrong. But I mean, like, I was like, oh, I kind of did this. I, like, I had nothing complete to show them. Yeah. Whereas two weeks was enough to plan, do, put together and get it done. But I guess in the first year, like you're saying, that they haven't got that experience. They really need to be held, their hands need to be held through the entire process. So if they turn up with, I don't have much other than these two data points, that doesn't really matter. So, yeah, okay. So once a week, yeah. bare minimum, fortnightly bare minimum. First yep. year, you would still say fortnightly? I'd still say that's a bare minimum, but one week yeah. would be preferred. Yeah, okay. But, if, I mean, if there's nothing really to talk about, you can just have a short meeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, wouldn't yeah. Ma- I wouldn't put a lot of pressure on those meetings. Yeah. What's a, what's a short meeting? Like, if they come in with, like, done nothing, you go, fine, and then that's it? That would be all right? Uh well, I, I would do that. I'm sure you're not surprised <laughs> to hear me say that. Yeah. Uh, but it, if they do that two weeks in a row, then it's a problem. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I think mm. you let, let them get away with that for one week perhaps. But then once again, if they're into the two weeks and they're coming back with 
not much. You're like, well, you've had two weeks to do something. I know, man. Something. These these meetings, I know of people who presented the same experiments over and over, and the primary supervisor had no like it just forgot every time. <laughs> like as supervisors, how do you how do you record what is actually being done? We're in the world of Dropbox and G drives and shared cloud data. Is is that something that you should check on? Are you in their files, so <laughs> to speak? Well, literally. Uh, so I have a I am co-supervising two students at the moment. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted us to talk about co-supervision is because I am not eligible to be your primary supervisor because I haven't. Length. I no because okay. I haven't yet co-supervised a student until the end of their degree. Oh, okay. So, um, of course, so much training involved in, uh, you know, doing something very important in someone's life. In yeah. That I just have to have watched someone else do it once, apparently. Yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, in my case, I'm the, the more hands-on co-supervisor. Yeah. The other end being the the type where it's the the younger researcher who's with the more prestigious person being the primary supervisor yep. but me being the younger person even though on paper I'm down to be 20% of the supervising work you're I'm doing a lot of it probably doing more than 20% yeah um how did I get started on this train of thought? That's right. So my question was like, how involved are you in the early stages of this person's life? Yeah. Um, and are you in their files? Are you? Uh, am I in their files? Yeah. You were saying like, how do you avoid the situation when they just keep showing you the same yes. stuff all the yeah. time? How yeah. Do you, how do you avoid that? Well, so I avoid that by listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In the what? meetings, and so I actually am aware of what they've shown before. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've never had a problem with people showing me the same data and and not and forgetting. Yeah. So I usually remember because usually the students I'm supervising, I've got a huge amount invested in what they're doing. Okay. Because I want them to succeed. Because often we're writing papers together. Yeah. To help my career as well as uh -huh. theirs. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so it's it's it, I've got a strong incentive to know what they're up to. Okay. Yeah, that's but, good. But yeah, I, like I have the, access to their data, but I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. You don't go in there. And yeah, look at yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, if they start showing me the same images, I reckon after a couple of weeks, I'll be like, "Hold on, yeah, give me a break." Uh, <laughs> but, I've seen it. Like, I like. I know. Yeah, I, I know. I've I know. It does it happen so many yeah. times. Yeah. I know. Um, so I've got the iPad in the meetings. Oh yeah, and, and you're I have scribbling a, away. Um, I have a tab for each of the students. Yeah. And I basically make a new page in this one note for each meeting. Yeah. And then within the meeting, I write down what we talked about and then I have a list of to-dos. Okay. For whoever, and then whoever's going to do the to-do, which yeah. is almost all the time the student, but sometimes I get a to-do. Yeah. And so in the next meeting, I have a look and make sure that the to-dos were to-dones. The to-dos have to-dones. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Um, So in on that instance then, in terms of, checking in with the student to make sure because obviously you don't want to get to a meeting and it'd be wasted if they haven't done anything mm -hmm. so what level of communication do you need in terms of like platforms regularity like without the meetings meetings are great face to face how else do you communicate gibbo 
Well, I'm in a bit of a, a, a slightly different situation because students I supervise, I train them on instruments. Yeah. So I have this other avenue of, of interacting with them. Okay. That's totally like, outside of meetings. Like a mentor. Yeah. And it's almost like uh, often, often I've gotten to a stage where I don't even need to schedule the meetings because I'm seeing them mm. all the time, either running experiments, showing them how to use the equipment, yeah. helping them analyze data, writing papers with them. So it's a constant process. So yeah. we do you know, sometimes have official meetings, but as it goes on, they get less and less. The official meetings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're just seeing them all the time. I'm seeing them all the time. What yeah. about on uh, like, I don't know, do they have to support, uh, submit any documents to you like once a week? Like I remember there was one supervisor that wanted me to do a PowerPoint at the end of every week to show what I had done. Like they wanted that level of communication, anything like that? No, I don't usually do that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are other there are other things because what is useful is to be involved in group meetings at times, so they have a chance to give talks. Mm-hmm. That's a good opportunity. So that's really they're not meeting necessarily with you. You're giving them an opportunity to to interact with other people and get other ideas. So sometimes yeah. being involved in a group meeting with other groups is useful for the students you're supervising. Yeah. Shmoopo. Well, I I guess, yeah, I just kind of um, pop, like, I don't like the pop-in very the much. The pop-in? Oh, hello. But uh, if we happen to see each other, like, incidentally, like, in the tea room or something like that, yeah, I do, uh, I think the co-supervisor kind of has the role to kind of also look at their, like, uh, how they're going, say, mentally. Yeah. So like the, are you doing okay? And, you know, are you eating and are you sleeping yeah. type of questions? <laughs> so it's kind of like a good cop, okay cop situation. Yeah. I think I do. I do try to be a a good, the better yeah. cop or the yeah. nicer cop yeah. um, when I can. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, taking that opportunity to, to just ask them in general how they're going what about, and see what they want to talk what about. What about a cheeky Facebook message? No. Hey, hey, just checking in. Hope no. you're well. Uh, what about uh, LinkedIn? LinkedIn's a good platform. Professional. No. Go, hey. Hey, how's it going? Hope you're well. No? Nothing no. Nope. That. nope. Fine. Nope. Emails. Nope. What do you expect them to... Are you like uh, you need to respond within a certain amount of time? Email people? I've never really had that sort of issue. Have I, you had I, to sit down and be like, respond within 24 hours? No, I mean... Uh, Look, if I send them an email and I don't hear back after two or three days, I'd, I'd probably go physically find them and ask them a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and say, look, I sent you an email. Did you get that email I sent you the other day? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I'm not too draconian with emails. Good. Yeah, so generally I've got so much going on that I don't really notice when they don't reply. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, until it kind of comes into my head again. So, yeah, hmm. I'm relaxed all right good what are the top three things that a Uh co-supervisor they're not making a youtube video here oh come on they love it (laughs) listicle 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 (laughs) top three things that i want some money out of this (laughs) come on we're co-creating here i don't think he's made a co-supervisor Based, uh, no, but someone here asked, it comes. Here it comes. Someone asked how to deal with different types of supervisor. All right. So there we are. So this is what this is. This top is three ways going. to deal with your top, supervisor. Yeah. Yep. So what are the top three ways to be a good co-supervisor? 
Okay. Well, I mean, like we said, it depends on the kind of co-supervisor you are. What do you want to be? Come on, you. When I'm a co-supervisor, I want to be fairly heavily involved in what they're doing. I All right. So I think, I think, look, not every co-supervisor has to have that sort of attitude, but I think a good co-supervisor has to be available to the students mm-hmm. and they have to be aware that they're available. So in other words, let them know early on, if you have any issues, yeah. you can email me. These are my expertise in the project. This is what I can really help you with. Yeah. Any issues you got, come talk to me. If you want me to come along to meetings, let me know. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Like they have to be aware that they can actually talk to you and that you are willing to give them help. Mm. Because a lot of the time, if, if you're a co-supervisor who the student never sees, well, after, after two months of that, they're never going to contact you probably. All right. So availability. They need to be, but the student needs to be aware that's possible. Availability and awareness. Yeah. Is that yeah. going to be one? That'll be one. All right. Shmoopy, give me your one. Uh, all right. Flexibility. Ooh. How's that? That's good. So I think that uh, you got a bit. You're a bit of a yin to the primary supervisor's yang. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, in that, love it. If they're a micromanaging type, yeah, then you have perhaps to balance you it should out. be the laissez-faire. Um, do like you should do what you want type of thing, or, or <laughs> yeah. what do you think you should do? Like and, wear a beret or something, <laughs> and you know. For example, a, yes, a, a yep. turtleneck and be that kind of grow a massive beard like this bloke here. Love it. Well, but it's but yeah, but it's difficult to really commit with the beard because if you're co-supervising two students with oh. two different primary supervisors, you've got a laissez-faire one, and then you've no you, sorry, you got the micromanaging one. Yeah, and then you got yeah. the laissez-faire one. You'd have to have a yeah. detachable beard where yeah. you're then responsible for if they're saying do whatever you want. And the students say, well, I don't know what I want to do. Mm. And then you got to say, well, how well, have you thought about doing this or this perhaps to get started mm. to try to give them a bit more direction when they need it? Yeah. Um, That's good. So, so, yeah, a balancing. You're a balancing force. Yep. Flexibility. Flexibility. I like Flexibility. That. That's good. That's good. Gibbo, what's your second trait? Second trait. All right. I, th- I think you need to establish with the student what you think is important in a PhD. All right. Now, it might be different to what the primary supervisor thinks, but yep. establishing with them what you think is going to be important for them to finish. All right. So one of the main things I would say to them is, regardless of what the primary supervisor says, <laughs> publish some papers. <laughs> Make sure you publish as you go. Yep. And I doubt if the primary supervisor is going to probably disagree with that. Yeah. But let them know that that's something you think is a priority and you're there to help. Yep. I mean, one of the big things students struggle with early on is they, they don't know how to write papers. No, And no there's one no one you. really helps you, right? No. So if you're there and you're willing to proofread whatever they throw your way and let them know that you're willing to, yep. then I think that's a big big boost. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. That's a good one. Schmoop stuff. That's three, Andy. No, three well, each. We've got to come on three <laughs> each. And they've got to be different. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was hoping. Three was done. <laughs> Hang on. I've just been making a rain with papers the whole time. I haven't been thinking about my next one. <laughs> bonus bonus tip. Uh, he already said availability, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, and awareness. Awareness, flexibility. What about uh, love? Goal setting. I love. Well, that kind of comes back to what I said before about asking them how they're going, give them yeah. a bit of love and ask about their general lives. Yeah. Um, what, do, you, do you have to be the sort of person that takes them to the pub? No. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think that can be tricky. Uh, I, I guess my the let's let's we'll do four then. Hey, let's do yeah. four. Right. Would be just listen, and that goes with everything. Mm. Is that uh, as much as if I'm saying I'm going to be the flexible one and do the opposite at the same time, I've got to be listening and work out what the student actually needs. Yeah. Um, and and then try to adapt to that. Mm. And not necessarily do with something that I feel like I have to do. Mm. Yeah, oh, I've got, I've got oh. an extra one, but it might be similar to what Smoothie said. What's that? You've got to cover the weaknesses of the primary supervisor. Yeah. So what the f- primary supervisor is forgetting or not doing, you need. You to should be coming in. in and maybe be that support mm. somehow. Mm. Good. Well, that's, that's some great advice. That's some for great advice for well, co-supervising, yeah. and also from a student's perspective, I think it's good to look for those traits in a co-supervisor, right? If you if you know your primary supervisor is really authoritarianism, authoritarianry, authoritative. Thank you. Um, look for someone who wears a beret, or has a big beard, or has a big beard. Yeah. If you know your primary supervisor will be away a lot, choose someone that isn't away a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Look for someone who'll give you a hug. No, I don't think you should. No, you're not allowed to do that in workplaces anymore, are you? No. Nope. Fuck. <laughs> Anything I- more to add, chaps? <laughs> no hugging. All right, no hugging. No, no hugging. hugging. Well, Anything yeah. else you'd like to add, Schmoopy, to co-supervising? When was the last time you hugged a workmate? I well, I, I it was in Diner Nobel, and um, they, uh, I it was a pretty slow day, and I wanted to order a wetsuit because I was learning how to scuba dive, which uh-huh. I passed, whatever. Um, and they needed to measure me for because I didn't know what size, what chest size to get. Yeah. So I said, it's "Do small. you mind?" <laughs> well you say that didn't fit oh. I'm medium whatever anyway so that's the closest I got to hugging because they had to put their arms around me to get the measuring tape that's a hug yeah that counts yeah yeah mm. you reported them <laughs> I wanted it Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voice Rum. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Like our Facebook page and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because it helps a lot. Schmoopy, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Published Perishable Podcast and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Frozen Poo Feces Knife Ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to happen one day. Look out. Look out. All right, final farewells. Goodbye from Gibbo. Bye. Bye.